All right, everybody, here we go. Welcome to Domina After Dark with Ava Savage. Hi. Um, I attempted to do this recording last night, which was Friday night, and um, I got, I don't know, I think it was like 15 minutes in, and I just, I kind of ran out of things to say, and I was really pushing it to that 15-minute mark, so here's hoping. Um, I will say this, though, for sure. This is a lot harder than it seems, Um, but I want to make this show something that is chocked full of information, um, not just garbage. And I find that there is a lack of um, kink podcasts on every freaking platform that have actual information in them. Uh, They're hard to come by. And, you know, this is crazy because there's so, so, so many podcasts. It's wild that uh, it's nearly impossible to find one that is worthy of my listening time or yours if you've delved into the podcast world as a listener. You will likely know that I am dead on correct. Okay, moving on. Um, So... What I originally had planned to talk about uh, in tonight's podcast, uh, it turns out I'm actually not allowed to talk about, and um, that is the topic of wrestling. So there are some, uh, there are some um, uh, limits on what one can talk about in the context of podcasts on these platforms now with regards to wrestling it is a red flag to talk about um even consensual consensual uh um harm uh of a person and uh when wrestling that area is a little bit gray and i don't want to piss off the powers that be so let's just switch gears until i can suss that out a little bit more Um, because I know a vast majority of you, by the way, are really wanting to know more about that. Um, Being that that is part of my flavor, um, I am Madame who specializes in mm, domination by way of my body, my mind and equipment. So um, that is part of my flavor. And a lot of you who are fans of mine, um, a big part of what draws you to me is the fact that, um, you know, I, like I probably am deemed visually appealing by most people's standards. And, uh, and even though I'm little, I'm a little woman, I'm five foot four, barely, and I'm 122 pounds. So I'm, I'm very small, but I am extraordinarily strong as I have a wrestling and fighting background. Um, <clears throat> anyhow, moving on though. Um, so I had to recalibrate and I decided to cover the topic of sissification. 
It is a topic that is growing, I mean, exponentially, uh, it, it, uh, rather a fetish that is just growing exponentially over the last, I, I noticed, three years for sure. And that may coincide with the liberation of um, people who, like, I, I feel like COVID did a little something when it comes to ethnicities and and uh, Black Lives Matter, right? There was that. And then there was also a real revolution when it comes to um, sex and uh, being what, you know, and gay and like the LBGTQ plus movement. Um, there was a huge liberation on that front. And so therefore, there is far less shame surrounding the topic of sex and sexuality, um, than there was in the past. Now, this may be quite obvious to most of you, but um, on the level that I uh, live and that I experience and exist on this planet, um, it's such a sharp contrast, I can't even tell you. Okay, so um, I am um, an open-minded woman. So um, I rate extremely high on trait openness. So that means I'm open to new experiences. I look at things um, in some, in most cases, like more objectively. Um, I'm, I'm more willing to take risks when it comes to, you know, uh, business decisions or, um, you know, doing what it is that I do. Um, it's, it's risky in certain ways and not everybody has those, those traits. And because I do, because my mind is open and like most like big dominatrixes, you know, successful dominatrixes, uh, I am, I am and always, as far as I'm concerned, have been attracted to women and men. Now, this was not a popular thing to say. It wasn't, it wasn't, um, uh, you know, pre-COVID. Uh, this was something that uh, people found a little wacky, right? When they would see me, um, you know, uh, dating women um, and didn't know I was a dom, you know, just the outside world would, you know, see uh, um, and it, a beautiful woman who would date other women. And I, I was unabashedly sh- like, I'm shy about it. Like, I, I just, you know, I put it all out there on Front Street for the world to see that, you know, I was dating another woman. And um, it wasn't to look seductive at all. Because the type of women that I'm into is not the type of women that most of you people maybe envision me being with. Um, I am, and I cannot help myself, attracted to very, like... They're called um, they're called bull d i k s uh, you know like the g i Jane swords um, <clears throat> but more um, more hard to sort of uh, figure out whether they're male or female. I I really like that type. I really like a masculine woman. Uh, and. Uh, <laughs> like a woman that has all the sensitivities as of a woman and understands the ins and outs of the vagina, but has a lot of masculine energy. Mm, maybe like in some ways a little bit similar to 
me, I have masculine energy and I have a vagina, obviously. Most of the time, anyway. Um, so, uh, you know, with, the, with these movements uh, that have um, predicated upon us throughout the last, you know, three years or so, um, it's caused an influx in sissification. So back to, you know, the topic at hand. Um, I think more and more people are wanting to experience what it is like to exist as something other than themselves. Uh, you know, we're moving in a culture. It's moving in a direction that is more open-minded and less judgmental and that's a really astounding thing really really good thing sometimes we can get a little bit wacky I find lately but for the most part I I just I really like the fact that we're moving in a direction that provides less shame so again tonight's topic on sissification um so there's all different types of sissies and I see a lot of men who are new to the sissy fetish and then I see some that have you know been a sissy since the day they were born perhaps they feel deep down inside like they were born in the wrong body um so I have had Many, not many, I have had few clients or so over the years that uh, go through um, a sex change and uh, they're really committed to it and good for them for having the courage to transition. It's a very bold move that has many implications. So it's good for them, but also one needs to suss out exactly what those implications may be if you are going to commit yourself to a sex change. And I will say it's not pretty. It's not pretty. And you're not going backwards, I don't think, um, if you want to change back. Um, There are implications such as, um, you know, uh, with uh, the making of a vagina when um, there's a transition involved, um, the ball sack actually gets tucked in words, and oftentimes there's hair inside this man-made vagina that needs to be shaved. And I know this might be TMI, but listen, this is an educational show for adults, right? If you're under the age of 18, don't listen to me. And I will put that also um, in the description of everything, so... We can all acknowledge that Um, because, you know, going forward, even in this podcast, we're going to talk about some stuff that uh, younger people may not, shouldn't hear, I don't think, anyhow. So uh, I digress. Uh, Furthermore, um, with regards to transition and and the possible drawbacks are things like, it's uh, typically impossible to, uh, to orgasm after a sex change. And so, and by any means, if anyone wants to debate me on this, come forward, please. I'd love to hear your debate. So it's quite the commitment, okay? But if that makes you feel at home within yourself, 
Go for it, sister. Go for it. Um, moving on, though, with different types of sissies. Um, there's sissies that like to wear wigs and makeup. There's sissies that like to wear makeup and no wigs. And ones that like lingerie. And ones that don't. And ones that like to suck penis. And ones that like to take penis. And, you know, ones that just like to suck it, not take it. I mean, it, it, with sissies, you run the gamut. Like, there's not one size fits all. And so there's different flavors of this fetish and this fetish by the way is more formally known as autogynephilia autogynephilia yeah just so you know so that's what it's known as uh in um more medical terms okay so let's see here Oh, oh, and also, I think I missed the part about, um, yeah, describing different types of sissies. I wanted to move on with that, actually. So uh, sometimes uh, there's there's um, sissies or, you know, um, yeah, sissies who actually have a deep-seated anger towards women, and uh, they almost do it. And they don't even know what they're doing it. To almost, in a way, like, make fun of women and want to feel what it feels like in their mind to feel inferior, but it's not. <laughs> um, that is sometimes part of the rationale for uh, being a sissy. And... Uh, so that needs to be noted. Um, what else here? And also, furthermore, just because you're a sissy does not mean that you have gay tendencies. It does not mean that at all. At all. So sometimes to the outside world, if, uh, you know, a man who's been indoctrinated by modern culture or culture in the past, whatever, culture period, uh, who's straight and doesn't have, doesn't rate high on a fetish scale, although everybody has a fetish, to be honest with you, like literally every single human on earth has a fetish, whether they know it or not. Um, but I will not get too far in the weeds on that other than just to say that, um, but with, uh, with sissies, if, uh, or with rather men who like, uh, strap on play, uh, may be viewed to like just a typical male who hasn't had much experience in fetish as gay or has gay tendencies, um, that is definitely, definitely not the case, okay? So <clears throat> there are G-spots that are located inside the anus that um, are extremely arousing. There are a lot of nerve endings uh, in your anus. And, um, and listen, it feels very good. Don't knock it until you've tried it. Um, so, 
but it does not mean that somebody has gay tendencies or desires like a real penis inside of them. That, that That's not what that means at all. The fact that somebody's uh, asking to be pegged, which the majority of sissies do. Uh, yeah, doesn't mean that you have gay tendencies. And in fact, the, this conversation or this... This appeal that I'm making right now comes on the heels of a debate that I just had with a friend of mine who was over here, and uh, he, uh, a very proud um, African man, and you know he hasn't had much of a foray into the fetish world. Um, it could be uh, he said it's because of partly because of where he's from or his his ethnicity. These are his reasons. Um, but, uh, regardless of that, he, he didn't quite understand this component, um, of what I'm talking about, that a man could request to be pegged, but not have gay tendencies. Um, and so I argued and, and he eventually uh, said, oh, wow, you've really opened up my eyes to this. Like, I really understand it more. Um, you know, when a, when a woman when a woman pegs a man that is a heterosexual activity that is not a gay activity okay that is heterosexual uh and it does, and and so it doesn't mean that the guys thinking about a real penis up there um once again so also and by the way um i'm going to deviate for a minute away from the subject to say uh if, if this podcast seems at all like I'm dodging around and uh, I'm a little bit flighty, it's because your mistress is a little tired and happens to have ADHD, like many people out there. And I did not take my medication today, so we are free balling. <laughs> so those fast thinkers out there who happen to be maybe a little bit ADHD, I won't lose you, that's for sure. But um, the people who are not used to listening to me or haven't met me or whatever, um, you'll know that I'm typically more focused than this. And uh, yeah, so... And if you haven't met me, rather, I might seem like a little bit, if you have met me, rather, <laughs> oh my God, you'll know that I'm more focused. If you haven't met me, I might seem like I'm all over. Oh my goodness. Case in point. Wow. Always an experience, right? Oh, anyway. Uh, so uh, back to my conversation with my friend, um, you know, I argued with him that, uh, just because someone likes to be pegged does not mean that they desire a penis up their bum because it's it's an experience and there's lots of there's g spots up there like, like the, they're blissful absolutely blissful and even if it's just like um surface play i mean you'll see that in pornography all the time in straight pornography where a woman is is uh, doing something known as rimmer, um, licking just the surface of the anus. And um, uh, that isn't gay, right? Like that, or perceived that way. And, and <clears throat> nor, is, nor is the aforementioned. So uh, it's arousing, it's fun, it's, it's exploratory, it's experimental. Um, yeah, and all that being said, you want to be very, very, careful with that part of your anatomy. 
okay? Um, I have seen sissies in online sessions do some crazy stuff. I'm sticking, you know, glass bottles up themselves. Uh, I mean, I don't recommend any of this, by the way, at all. In fact, I advise against it, but uh, consenting adults are allowed to do whatever it is that they want. Now, if I see something that is extremely dangerous, I will tell my online client that uh, I'm going to have to hang up because they'll need that line for you to uh, call 911 if need be. And I don't contone those, you know, very dangerous behavior, uh, even though I happen to be a sadist. Uh, there, there, there's, a, there's a limit. There has to be a limit absolutely has to be limit to uh, what I find entertaining as a sadist. And doms are sadists uh, predominantly. Um, it's within the breakdown of what BDSM is. Uh, BDSM stands for bondage, discipline, sadistic masochism. So sadist is somebody who becomes sexually aroused hurting somebody and masochism is somebody who likes to get hurt. So it's within the absolute definition of what it is that I do. Um, I happen to find it relatively funny when I see people in pain. It excites me, makes me wet. I can't help it. It's the way I was made. Judge me if you want. I don't care. Um, so um, on with my online sessions, I've seen people shove balls up their anus. I've seen like, and I mean like golf balls, um, pool balls, um, pool sticks. Um, most recently I saw, oh gosh, that was wild. A broomstick and also some tongs, you know, like tongs used to like turn me on the barbecue. Like that's the point where I had to let that person go. That's for sure, because that is mighty dangerous. Um, <clears throat> so if you're going to do this kind of play, uh, you guys be safe. Like, be safe. Like, I, I know that if you really endeavor into anal play, sometimes, you know, a person might get desperate. And maybe, maybe you're contracted out of town to work for somebody and you're staying with other people and you can't have dildos, you know, laying around and you get desperate. I mean, seriously, still be safe. There are safe objects that you can stuff up there that are better than what I just described. Uh, so you guys need to use your head and not that little one, right? Oh, so that's just a note of caution. Mm, I heard about one time, uh, there's a guy, I saw the x-ray, he was online, you can find it online, it was an intact light bulb that was stuck up his anus, <laughs> oof, 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 good thing that, um, screw part was, like, the plug, the part you plug in was, on the bottom because and also I don't know how, what kind of surgical intervention would would have been involved in getting that thing out without breaking it. <laughs> um, so you guys, um, I hope this shed some light into what autogynephilia is and um, just on its very surface, it is so many things. 
so many things and you know like I said it spans from men really wanting to be women to men wanting to feel like it's like to be objectified to men who have a deep-seated anger for women and this is how it's playing out and and I will say again I said it in my last podcast listen you don't pick your fetish your fetish picks you no one wakes up in the morning and goes, ah, oh, you know what I want? I want to wear panties tonight. Um, and maybe if they do, maybe they do it once and it's not like what they need, like what they need and desire and watch like online. Maybe it's just an experience that they do once. But um, for people who do have a fetish by very definition, I mean fetish, uh, it is a type of therapy for them. So it's something that typically they can't get within the confines of their relationship or, you know, um, with um, anyone else. And they need to seek out this experience by way of a professional. And that's just what I do. I am a professional dominatrix. And I provide the emancipation from shame. I provide, again, in other words, the freedom from shame. So people come to me and they tell me their secrets. Stuff maybe they've never told anyone. And that, my dears, is a privilege. It's not a right. That's also why discretion is the most important part of my job. Well, one of them... Everybody needs to be safe who comes to me. So your name is always completely safe. Uh, what we're doing will never, ever, ever get out. That is a for sure. It's of no interest to me at all. At all. Um, most professional dominatrixes are actually very caring people. Uh, they are very caring people and... and the correct manners. Um, and uh, while the, you know I enjoy exploitation, it's in an agreed-upon manner, in an agreed-upon way. So the only exception to this rule is if somebody comes to me and agrees, I, I mean, exception to the rule of your name is safe, is uh, if someone comes to me and they want to be blackmailed. And they ask me to, and they pay me to, and they give me their information. And uh, that is their fetish, but that is an agreement. And that is the only, only extenuating circumstance that uh, means that your name will not be safe with me. Okay, so anyway, getting off into the weeds on another topic. But if you guys have any suggestions concerns, comments, whatever have you, uh, I can be found uh, via my website, dominaavasavage.com. That's D-O-M-I-N-A-A-V-A-S-A-V-A-G-E.com. Or via email, which is connected to my website, but just for good measure, dominaavasavage at gmail.com or whatever else. Just Google me. If you have any feedback as to what you would like to hear about next or like our feedback on this podcast which is listen i'm just finding my 
I'm just finding my legs here. I haven't been doing broadcasting in a long time. So, so um, but even if you, like, whether you think I'm good or bad or awful or whatever, let me know. I'm curious. Let me know. Give me some feedback and, and, and feel free to suggest what you would like to hear about next. Um, yeah, I'm curious. Okay, guys, I'm signing out for tonight. Thanks for joining me. And um, this is Domina After Dark with Domina Ava Savage. Uh, join my social media. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, um, whatever, WhatsApp. <laughs> I don't know. There's a zillion other things, but, uh, but those are the mainstream ways. And um, yeah, I hope to see you guys soon. Also, um, lastly, actually, I am touring Vancouver. Uh, October 26th through uh, the 30th, if you would like to book with me, uh, find your way to me by way of contacting me in the aforementioned methods. Okay, uh, and actually, um, I will give uh, an advisory note on that. Uh, don't contact me through DMs or through a Twitter message. I do not... Uh, read all of those it's nearly impossible so you can contact me through um email or my website okay okay everybody uh hope you enjoyed this podcast and peace